Hi, I'm Medical Education Podcast listeners. This is Kevin Eva, the editor-in-chief of the journal. I have the distinct pleasure today of introducing a truly global conversation to you, as I'll be chatting with colleagues from both the UK and Australia, Priya Khanna and Chris Roberts, who have an article coming out in the September 2022 issue of medical education entitled Student Perspectives on Programmatic Assessment, a Critical Realist Analysis. Priya, you're furthest from me, I suppose. So why don't we start with you? Do you mind introducing our listeners to your background and where you're sitting? Thank you, Kevin. Such a pleasure. Basically, I'm an educationalist by background and I did my PhD in science education. Originally, I'm from India, and then I moved to Australia about 2008. And since then, I have worked in medical education in postgraduate and undergraduate settings. And currently, I'm an academic in Sydney Medical School that sits within Faculty of Medicine and Health in University of Sydney. Sydney Medical School recently made major curriculum changes in their previous MD program. And in medical school, I am involved in various aspects of curriculum design, research and evaluation, as well as Indigenous health in rolling out the new curriculum. Excellent. Thanks for joining. And we'll go from winter to the UK, where there's a heat wave going on as we currently speak. But Chris, somehow you took the Australian temperature with you to the UK when you moved. <laughs> yeah, some people are regretting saying, why don't you bring the weather to England with you from Australia? So yeah, I'm Chris Roberts. I'm a GP academic and originally from England. I went out to Australia about 15 years ago and have been involved in various senior management roles within the Faculty of Medicine and Health and the Faculty of Medicine before that and I guess over the last few years I've been part of the senior management team implementing this curriculum change that Priya's talked about and obviously having a great sort of research interest in some of the stuff that we were doing. Yeah, wonderful. Sounds like it was a very strong collaboration despite the fact that you've gone your separate ways geographically but let me jump into it by beginning with the notion of programmatic assessment. That's something that will be increasingly familiar to many of our listeners, but what's happening at Sydney that's led you to believe this was a priority? I think prior to 2020, Sydney was looking to revise their curriculum because there were a number of gaps within the curriculum. The Medical Council wanted certain changes within the MD program, and what we were trying to do was to strengthen the both the curriculum, the curricular themes, we wanted to strengthen and align it more with the outcomes that we were expecting. And in that process, we started to revise the curriculum in terms of bringing on new teaching and learning modalities like flipped classroom, realigning and redesigning the basic sciences content, providing more clinical exposure. And I think it was then that we realized that in order to better collect, collate data on various competencies and to make more informed and holistic progression decisions, we need to move towards programmatic assessment. So I think the challenge for us was to implement this approach for a very large cohort, and we're talking about 320 students. That was kind of a challenge, but I think under Chris's leadership and with the senior management, what we started doing was rolling out a number of workshops prior to the implementation of programmatic assessment. We had consultations with universities that had already implemented some aspects of it, like Adelaide, Maastricht, Otago, and New Zealand. And we came up with a kind of version that we thought would be contextualized to our setting. 
Christy, you want to add something to that? I think that pretty much encapsulates it, yeah. So a big interest from our point of view with our research hats on how you implement such a complex change that's something new, not only for staff, but is uh, very new for students who've been conditioned, socialised into quite traditional ways of assessment by the time they start a graduate entry course. In that regard, what are the defining features of programmatic assessment in your system? What were you trying to lead the faculty and students towards? The first thing we had was the data points. In our previous system, actually, the only data points that counted towards progression was written examinations and some kind of a structured exam like an OSCE. But in the programmatic assessment version, one, we got new data points that were linked to the competency that we were trying to assess and inculcate among students. So there was a change in the format of the assessments. I think the major change was in terms of the decision making. So it was more of a portfolio based and portfolio committee driven kind of a holistic assessment system. We don't have a proper portfolio, so to speak, but we had a place where we could kind of collate and triangulate data on various competency areas. I think the major change in the medical school was in terms of decision making, wasn't it? And there was a component of remediation as well. I think we had this idea that we could only take the quite traditional looking faculty only so far in the programmatic journey towards what might they label pure programmatic assessment. So I think the three things that we were trying to do was one, socialise them into this idea of assessment for learning, but recognise that the assessment of learning wasn't first past the post, you know, past your exam. It was an assessment of learning that was done collectively and subjectively on the body of student work. And the third was to use programmatic assessment as an approach and make sure that we're very much aligning with the learning outcomes set by the accreditation body and contextualised for the programme in Sydney. And as one of you said, any curricular level intervention is going to be complex. It's going to be difficult to get your hands on what is it, let alone what influence it has. You adopted critical realists perspectives to try to unpack what was going on as you made this change. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about what that means to you? Oh, I think given that programmatic assessment itself is a very complex approach, it sounds intuitive though, and also it's assessing complex constructs like clinical competencies. And then we felt that programmatic assessment is not just an educational change, it is also a social change. And we were looking for an approach that would give us better insights into what's happening at a deeper level, so to speak, what's happening at the social structures level. And so we thought that critical realism is a place to go. We had been tossing with this idea of critical realism for about four or five, six years, Chris, you and me, but we were more inclined towards a more systems-based critical realist perspectives to unpack the causation, as in to unpack the underlying social structures that would either lead to sustainability of this this approach or it might also lead to you know going back to the regression to the main it might just revert back to our traditional program so we just wanted to unpack the underlying causal mechanisms i think although we found the fit i guess you're trying to find a way of making sense 
of a group of people who see things in a quite sort of positivistic, sort of predictive, sort of validity type way with educators who perhaps see it more sort of as a social construction. And the critical realism seems to offer a sort of third way um, that addressed some of the concerns of progress of science and the positivism, but also addressed some of the concerns of the socio-constructivists. But I think there was very little out there in the literature that would help us actually develop into a methodology. I think you use the expression that the journal is interested in what's under the hood and it being explanatory. So we did um, spend some time with the sort of the group of experts that previous talked about having a look at the literature and in a more theoretical paper in advances, we sort of worked out, you know, what a methodological approach would be. Priya was just going to say we were looking at both Basker and Archer. Did you want to talk yeah. a bit about that? Yeah, so basically critical realism at its core is a meta-theoretical ontological positions. And it's a broad school of thought, actually, but what it is committed to ultimately is ontology, as in to study what is reality. And when I say reality, for example, in programmatic assessment, what really do we mean by assessment? What really do we mean by learning? And what should be the conditions for such a kind of an assessment system to flourish? Now, we primarily looked at two theoretical perspectives or meta theoretical perspectives in critical realism. One is Roy Bhaskar, who's the founding father of this philosophy, his perspective of stratification of ontology, as in the stratification of reality. So what we see at the empirical level, there is a layer that goes beyond that, which comprises of the events that happen, whether you observe them or not. And then there is a layer of causation or generative mechanisms. That is the real layer. So that was one aspect of ontology. The other aspect that we looked at was the sociological aspect around the social structures, the norms, the values, the beliefs, power dynamics, the power of portfolio. For example, we found that students perceived it to be a tool of surveillance rather than a tool of generating insights into their learning. So we wanted to unpack this kind of a causation with Margaret Archer, who's a British philosopher and a sociologist, her views of how does a social change continue into progression, which is morphogenesis, or it remains static, which is morphostasis. So we kind of looked at these two broad perspectives in critical realism. And so if you were to choose one thing from your results that's applying those lenses allowed you to see that you don't think you would have seen otherwise, or that you were surprised by, you know, given your prior experience with this sort of activity, what stands out to you the most? That's a good question. I think I'll choose one and I'll let Chris choose one. But for me, if I were to choose one lens, and because this is an ontological perspective you're talking about, I think I would suggest that we got to look at the very underlying assumptions of programmatic assessments. Often what we are seeing, Kevin, is with these newer educational approaches, they are very intuitive, but the problem happens at the implementation side. And that is why if we look at very recent evidence of programmatic assessment, there is either mixed or missed evidence, there is either conflicting evidence, or there are a lot of issues in, in implementation. Because I think when we take an approach, we don't question the very underlying assumptions. So if I were to choose, I would start with questioning what really do we mean by assessment for learning? Are we reducing all the learning to assessments? And what does it mean in my context? So I think questioning the fundamentals would be one thing that I'd choose. And Chris choose one too. 
I think that it was this quoting from Jacob Pierce's commentary in medical education. The students in this study showed fallible misunderstandings about programmatic assessment that was shaped by their prior conditioning to traditional assessment systems. And I think the central theme was this whole idea of, of misalignments about assessment stakes and about expectations and just how structured, if you like, programmatic assessment was. There were so many bits and pieces to this machine and so many processes had to be developed ad hoc to be able to deliver it. But still, at the end, the students, one of them used the expression, everything's formative until it's summative. And so this fallible, if you like, belief that they could still fail because they hadn't you know, taken a library book back or something, and that was potential breach. Well, and that makes me want to jump to the implications. So one of the real values I see in this work is giving us a deeper understanding of how students are perceiving these things. And I would presume that how they perceive them is going to have a much greater influence on the culture and the activity and the effectiveness of a model like this than what we intend as faculty. So having seen the misalignments and the other things that you heard from students, what are your current thoughts in terms of how we can use those to to make programmatic assessment better? One thing that we are planning to do is to see the faculty's perspective on the programmatic assessment as well. But I think with our study, we've got a good insights about the underlying social structures, the cultural norms and the interplay between the two that could lead to either flourishing of this approach or stagnancy. I think the implications would be that we need to start with questioning the fundamentals. We need to start with what we proposed in our paper, collective reflexivity. Uh, the starting point has to be what do people care about? What are people concerned about? And how does that interact and how is that function of the context? That should be the starting point, I think, for designing this approach rather than starting from the implementation level. And I think there's another point that we raised in our advances paper is to prevent a naive eclecticism, as in not to make a mess of everything, not in the name of hybridized programmatic assessment, but to see how different components of this approach would fit together with the curriculum, because ultimately it's a systems-based approach. So a more meta-theoretical, more systems-based thinking perspective using some kind of a framework that allows you to unpack the real causal mechanisms, I think would be a way to go. Chris, do you see any way to improve upon the fallibility that you described? Yeah, I think the two key things, as Priya has said, is the faculty development side, because I think it is a large change, and I think you have to keep going with aligning, you know, the principles of programmatic assessment and trying to explain, you know, from your theories why things aren't working, why things are working. I think engaging with the students and having, you know, one level co-design but that's probably utopia for many medical schools but actually um, getting involved giving the communication and preparing them you know with some learning materials and support materials so they can understand how these things put together I think transparency from faculty so those two things I think the faculty development and the students sort of learning development as well and being prepared, I think, as faculty to actually listen to students rather than as I'm a GP by a background. But you get to sort of recognise which symptoms that students are talking about in their experience 
of the assessment system are just sort of routine to be expected they'll get over it but which are sort of symptoms and signs that there is you know some serious misalignment going on being prepared to listen to that and being prepared to work out collectively reflexively what the solutions might be and then making sure you implement those and evaluate them as well. That's such an important point that I think is a great place to end, as this paper does remind us very strongly about the importance of attending to the learner perspective. And you summarize that very nicely, I would say, in your abstract, when you say that the study emphasizes how the achievement of balance between learner agency structure and culture suggests a way forward to underpin and sustain changes in assessment practice. So thank you for that guidance and for the advice. And as always, there's a lot more richness and detail and nuance in this paper than we can cover in a very brief presentation. So I'll direct our listeners to the paper for more of that detail. Student Perspectives on Programmatic Assessment, a Critical Realist Analysis that you'll find in the September 2022 issue of Medical Education. Priya and Chris, thank you so much for all your time and for this work. I look forward to hearing what comes next. Okay. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you.